0: All right, welcome back to Library Media Chatter, the podcast formerly, but never formally, known as Shh, the best podcast about libraries that would invite either of us to be a part of it. Uh, I'm Dan Wright, and with me, as always, is Dr. Greg Baum. Two for two. Two Two episodes
1: for two. Yes,
0: that's right. How do you feel about the excitement of a name change uh, before... The podcast ever got sent out well in
1: when people listen to the blooper footage from (laughs) these episodes uh they will realize it was not just one name change but about 20 i mean it was a lot
0: there were a lot it was uh, a lot thrown out there were several agreed upon yes uh we're pretty agreeable yeah yeah one Actually had a logo made for it, <laughs> uh, as you could tell if you are one of the listeners of the first episode. Yeah, that we 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 loved it. We were in on it. It worked, and yeah. then it didn't. No, then it did not. And so our apologies
1: to especially those listeners in Turkey who had started following us under one name and did not probably maybe hopefully have found us under yes. Yeah,
0: the uh, or the attendees of Mazel this year. Oh dear, sold yes. a bill of goods. Yeah, uh, both with name and probably yes. content. Real, real pig and a poke situation here with this. Well, we found our title for this yeah, week's episode. That's this
1: week's episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: exciting news, though. We do now have an email address. Now that we have an actual title that nobody else already has. Yeah. Uh, those of you that want to send us feedback that we should be reading and not just you yelling at your computer or whatever, right. send it over to library media chatter at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm assuming you're listening to this. I'm not really, I don't know. I shouldn't have started that with, I'm assuming because I don't know how you're getting this, uh, but we, <laughs> we are on podcast.com iTunes and Spotify. Yeah which was much easier than I thought it would be to get it on real uh, places. And this is
1: all courtesy of Mr. Dan Wright, who has really taken the helm of this maiden voyage. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Dan's really masterminded all this, so credit where credit's due.
0: I had a lot of uh, encouragement from our listeners in Germany and Turkey. Nice. Who, uh, I don't know how they found my information, but they sent me a lot of things in languages I don't read, But it read to me very positive. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. The German language, if nothing else, always sounds very positive. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's known for it. Yes. All right. So let's jump in to our first segment. What are you reading, Dr. Baum? Okay. I just finished.
1: It was was really this kind of Herculean effort to finish um, Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling's Troubled Blood, which is the most recent book in her Cormoran Strike series. Have you read any of those, Dan? Do you have you read? I it? have
0: not, I'm aware of this thing that J.K. Rowling has done uh, mm-hmm. under a pseudonym, but I have not read any of the books. So they're they are very good private investigator mystery fiction, detective fiction.
1: And um <clears throat> they have, however, gotten sequentially longer. So each book. I think the last book was maybe six or seven hundred pages. This one was nine hundred and fifty pages. I mean, it's massive, and and unfortunately, it's a good book. And she does in each of these books, she really does a great job with the mystery, and the characters are endearing, and um, you know, she does so many things well. But man, it could have it could have been three hundred pages instead of nine hundred and fifty pages. But um, yeah, for those of you looking, like for the most part. There is some adult language, but otherwise the content is not, there's, you know, not graphic sex or violence on the page. And so these would be a good addition, I think, to a high school library for people looking for adult mystery fiction that's still, they don't feel, they don't need to worry probably about getting parent complaints or calls about this stuff. So anyway, and it's, you know, the usual quality of writing that you would expect from
0: JK Rowling. Are you getting kind of one story told over a number of books or is oh, gotcha. it kind of like here's the adventure of the week kind of book it did the, the
1: adventure of the week definitely but the relationship between cormoran and, who's the protagonist and robin who is his well her role evolves but she starts off as his secretary ends up as also an in- investigator okay they're kind of the overarching story of the okay of the books so you get a little of both and these have been on the BBC. They've you know dramatized them. They've made you know. So anyway, there's a lot of ways to enjoy them. For the the audio is very good. I've listened to a few of the audio books. Cool. But yeah,
0: does so. does Robin have an exciting last name like Strike as well? Or no, no, no. She's
1: very no. I think she's from York. I think she's you know a, a Yorkshire gal and yep. uh, Yorkish is that yeah, or a Yorkie? I'm sure one of our diligent readers will inform us. Yeah, uh, readers, listeners. Um, I assume most
0: people are, are just getting this as a transcribed yes. file.
1: Yes. I, that's the only way we're going to distribute it. And the librarians on.
0: among us who don't prefer audiobooks, we're, no, right. I, will, I will get the transcription, please and thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Wright, why don't you tell us what you are reading?
0: Yeah, so I read uh, fairly recently, kind of not back-to-back uh, but maybe within the same month, I read two Dogwood nominees, the mm-hmm. nonfiction uh, books that were nominated by Mazel. Do you th- I mean, I-, I would hope most of our st- Missouri librarians know about this, right? Sure. Um, yeah, if, I guess if, if you don't, the mm-hmm. Dogwoods are like the Gateways Mark Twain Truman um, line of books where every year the Missouri librarians get together, or a committee of Missouri librarians get together and nominate books. Uh, for those age groups, the Dogwoods go across all age groups. They're they're categorized by K2, 3, 5, 6 through 8, and high school, I believe. I think that's right, yeah. And they're all nonfiction. Yes. So the two that I read pretty recently that were... I felt like, not that they were the same book. I didn't feel like, oh, why did they mm-hmm. nominate both of these? Mm-hmm. But that they really spoke to each other and went well together. Uh, and also the titles are similar. Were We Are Displaced by Malala and We Are Here to Stay by Susan mm-hmm. Um, And I, to say that they're by those authors is a little bit unfair. Um, those authors wrote chunks of the books, but ultimately they're telling the stories of other people.
1: Oh, interesting. Are they like first-person accounts from...
0: Yes. Okay. Um, We Are Displaced is looking at displaced persons kind of around the globe, not necessarily people that have come to the United States, Mm -hmm. um, but people that have been displaced for any number of reasons and have ended up in any number of places. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was an interesting uh, thing. I think that was mostly... Not mostly. That was all... Uh, females who have been displaced all young women uh, who have gone through any number of situations that put them where they are now where we're here to stay looks at us immigration
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what was interesting about we're here to stay is when you get the book there are photos that are that have captions and whatever and they're all blank oh the author says at the beginning kind of a a prologue heads up that this book was in the works for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so it was putting these stories together of young people that were coming out of the shadows who wanted to tell their stories and wanted to be somebody that other people in their situation could look to. And while they were putting everything together and pretty close to done, there was an election and after that election, U.S. immigration policy changed, and those people realized, you know, maybe, and the publishers of the book realized, like, maybe this isn't a great idea to yeah. put your faces out here and to, to be very clear about who you are. Yeah. So their names um, weren't changed, but they were shortened. I believe mm-hmm. it was just kind of first initial and then a line. Their photos were all taken out, but the places for their photos and the captions for those photos were still there, which I thought was a pretty powerful message Yeah, along with the the stories themselves. Those two books uh, telling similar stories about the world uh, at large and kind of what's going on and how people are having to adapt and how they're having to find new places to call home and, and new cultures to kind of become a part of. Uh were both I think really, really interesting. I think you would you'll find audiences in your library for these for sure. Right. Uh if not among your staff as well, to maybe use in class. So those are both winners for me. Uh we are displaced and we are here to stay.
1: That makes me think we just got in our you know, most recent order of books, president, you know, former president Bush's George W. Bush's. Well, two, two. One is a uh, his. There are these oil paintings that he's done. Have you seen these? Yes. And one is on soldier, you know, veterans, and one is on immigrants. And uh, yeah, so lots of good. Anyway, it just made me think that that would be another a nice companion piece to these. And whatever your political affiliation, I don't think any of us expected President George W. Bush to release a oil painting collection with the stories of immigrants you know I mean sure yeah at, I mean especially at, you think
0: about the climate now yeah and, and what's maybe expected of yeah. people with whatever the letter is that goes right. after your name right um, yeah that's really cool so um, and and that one you know
1: it sounds like it's anyway I just think you know there's a lot of good resources like this so I'm glad you highlighted
0: these two and uh, they're all very like pressing issues. For sure. For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're reading. Uh, Hopefully you found something there that you might want to add to your world. Uh, I believe now it's time for a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 797. They wanted us to have some fun with this one. So Greg is going to play the first game of Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 797 and Greg is going to guess what this section is all about. Oh he didn't gosh. agree to this before no, right? I now. did not. So this should be some fun. Yeah. The first book, The Boys in the Boat: Nine Americans and Their Epic Quest for the Gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics by Daniel James Brown. Have you read that book, Doctor? I
1: have. I really enjoyed the uh, "Crew Boys versus Hitler" theme of this book. It was—it really is a great book. But it's kind of like the premise. Before I picked it up, was kind of laughable to me. Sure, but it was great. Yeah, it's a good book. So, so you're familiar with that one? That's a—that's a good <clears throat> that, start.
0: Yes, yes. So far, I'm doing great. <laughs> another one, another book uh, for maybe for our coaches out there. Championship <laughs> swimming. How to Improve Your Technique and Swim Faster in 30 Days or Less by Tracy McFarlane-Moran with Kathleen Bissell. Uh, That one sounded pretty interesting to me that that's for those types of books that we have in our libraries uh, that we don't necessarily always highlight, right? The Boys in the Boat was a pretty popular book. Yes. But something like this for those people out there looking for uh, a chance to improve their own uh, swimming or their team or whatever it might be. Well, and I like the 30 days or less. You know, I like
1: that there's a time frame. Yes. If you throw in a money back guarantee, and I'm really sold on this, but
0: I do not see that in the title. I'll I'll look into that for next time. Yes, please do. Uh, Another book in the 797s is uh, (laughs) the Action Sports Series, including titles like Riding Wave Runners, Hang Gliding and Paragliding, and Hot Air Ballooning. Another book in that section is Deep. Free diving, renegade science, and what the ocean tells us about ourselves. Okay. At free diving, to me, I've looked into that a little bit. That's I don't what is it. I don't know what it is. Uh, diving, uh, my me- if memory serves. I saw a, it wasn't a thirty for thirty, but it was a companion series on ESPN called Nine for Nine that dealt with women's stories, specifically women's mm-hmm. stories in sports. And I believe free diving is like I don't. I don't need all of your silly scuba diving gear and your snorkels and whatever. I'll dive as deep as possible without any of that. Oh, Um, which seemed like not a great idea for me. Personally, I'm going to pass on. (laughs) I'm assuming you don't need championship swimming. uh, (laughs) If you've, uh, that was the starting diving. place.
1: That's where yes. it all began. Yes. I
0: don't. I wonder if they cover free diving in that book. <laughs> uh, the last one to give you a hint to know what this section is all about is Soul Surfer, a true story of faith, family, and fighting to get back on the board. Um, My story. I, yes. 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 When that shark uh, took your left ear. That Merrimack River word. shark. Yes. Got me. Uh, very yeah. dangerous breed. Yeah. Yeah. Very dangerous. So. Yeah. We've got the boys in the boat, championship swimming, action sports, free diving, and surfing. Mm -hmm. Greg, what is the theme of this section? Well, I really hope it's water
1: sports. Like, am I on the right track? Is it water sports? Uh, Water and air?
0: There it is. Air and aquatic sports. Uh. Are the 797s. Thank you to Dewey number 797 for sponsoring this week's episode. Thank you, Dewey. Okay, we're back. We're debuting a new segment this week, to fi- as a companion, really to what are you reading? Uh, Doctor Baum had an awesome idea for a segment, and I I loved it. And the team here at Library Media Chatter was all abuzz about this new yes. segment.
1: Yeah, one of the things that we want to do, probably not every episode, but occasionally or some semi regularly, is talk about library programming and you know, things that we're doing and hopefully hear from listeners what they're doing. And is that kind of the idea that
0: we... That would be great if people yeah. sent in what they're doing to, or reading or whatever. Any feedback to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. So this segment, aptly titled, what are you doing? Well, we,
1: so we are currently thinking about how to support summer reading. That is the programming element that we have been trying to brainstorm and figure out. So one of the things that we have, we are doing is we're partnering with the St. Louis County Library and they have a great youth services person who reached out to us and provided some materials. Although I will say uh, in one of my, like, you know, I really try to screen videos before I show them to classes because I've, I've learned my lesson. Yes. (laughs) Although it turns out I have not because I showed this St. Louis County Library summer So the County library is doing a summer book club and I can say more about that in a minute, but they sent this, you know, their youth services person very kindly brought over some pamphlets. They're great. Sent me the information about the program. It's great. Sent me this video. And and I just said, okay, well, great. I'm going to show this video. So I show it and it, is just me, we. I believe we video music. If I'm not mistaken, don't knock it. That's <clears throat> no, no. I,
0: yeah. we love we video music here at. Library yeah, we Media video Center.
1: music, and then adult in dinosaur costumes kicking a beach ball around, and then it and then it ends. And so I was like, I, so you, you know. said
0: thank you. This is exactly <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted.
1: And of course, I showed it to a class without screening it so it ended and I was just you know there was just that moment when I really had to figure out how do I connect this to yeah. so my connection is and I I believe I'm correct in this and so it please someone from the county library can chime in if I'm wrong yeah but my understanding is that a beach ball is one of the prizes Very and so exciting. they were demonstrating and I explained these to the ninth graders who, we're not as interested as you. <laughs> no, I
0: love I love a beach ball. I would have been yeah. more interested in getting the dinosaur costume.
1: Yeah, well, that was really stellar. I mean, they were good costumes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so we're partnering with the county library. We've also put together some suggested reading lists for our classes. Our language arts teachers are not doing required summer homework anymore. Okay. At least they stopped last year. They're not doing it again this year. So in the past, that has been... The list of texts that we put on the website, you know, the library website, encouraging students to read. So, anyway, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, I don't know, Dan. I, I asked you this before we started, and
0: I told you to save your material. So,
1: yeah. what? What about you guys?
0: No, I. That is a new thing for me to think about um, how we could incorporate a summer reading program. We we mentioned previously that Greg and I are both new to or newish uh to the job and that was something that as an as an English teacher it was yeah okay we're requiring this or certain classes did mm-hmm. uh outside of the county library program it hadn't really occurred to me so uh, I'll be interested to check out Summit's website to see what your reading list looked like uh and kind of where you're headed with just what your ideas are yeah, for yeah <clears throat> when that kind of goes um, once we get into the summer and then talk to you about it in the fall to see yeah. how you think it went and. Uh, where to go from there? Yeah, that's cool. Though it's a it's a great. I, my children, my personal children, love the summer reading program, but they're also younger, right. so getting those prizes means a lot, and they're pumped to be able to just fill out a form online and whatever. Where high school kids maybe will be less, yeah. uh, drawn in by yeah. uh, the the water guns and the the beach balls and stuff.
1: Well, and so you know, and I will say there are. They are also raffling off some Six Flags tickets, which is a big draw. Very cool. And adults have their own category to win surprises. And, a li- and I have to admit that my eyebrows go up a little bit. I'm like, really? Are we re- re- rewarding adults for doing what they should already be doing? But the it's answer nice. Is yes. It's nice. It's nice. I'm glad they're doing it. Hopefully, I will win the adult raffle prizes. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, don't knock it. I won a few summers ago uh, Cardinal tickets. Oh, nice. So and actually, nice. one from the the Merrimack Valley location, Oh, Aaron okay. Fenton. Okay, uh, I won, and so did one of my kids, and so we got uh-huh. to, we got two tickets each, and we uh-huh. got to. They called us while we were on vacation. Oh wow! Uh, we were frequent uh flyers there at the Fenton location when I was yeah. still working in that area yeah and they were like well we saw these names and knew that they were both your family When <laughs> we told them and realized we could do this in one phone call like "No, oh, this is fantastic we'll come by and pick up those tickets as soon as we're back in town and it was great No, that's so great. yeah we are uh we're big proponents of that uh in my household and the adult and, prize yeah yeah hey, I'm not saying no if you want to give me a, a video game system or a Yeah. Cardinal ticket or whatever it might be, a beach ball. Yeah. I'm in on all those things. (laughs) Nice. All right. What are you doing? I am working on incorporating graphic novels into classes curriculum. I did some PD throughout the year that focused on graphic novels and how they can be more than just something that kids read when they're little that don't have a ton of value or whatever, but there's really Mm -hmm. a lot that's there. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of meat on the bone as they say. Mm -hmm. And so I put together a, a list and some materials to try to send out to my staff to see if anybody's interested in, to see how we can kind of work those things in. I, I was struck not only from, from taking those PD opportunities, those webinars but I found in a school library journal recently, they had recommended a book called Billionaires mm-hmm. by Daryl Cunningham that looks at economic disparity and the way uh, the super wealthy, I guess maybe bec- I haven't finished, I haven't started this one yet. I read his previous ones first when I, when I found this one cause it hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, kind of through the, the stories of like Jeff Bezos and other, I think it's two or three like super billionaires in this mm-hmm. country. And I thought, well, that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing that I know there are some classes that are doing things on. Yeah. And so I read his other books, how to fake a moon landing Yeah. Oh, that cool. looks at um, conspiracy theories and the ways that we get people to believe
1: yeah. or
0: go along with things that aren't necessarily true. Uh, yeah. And thought that's certainly ripe Uh, for study in some classes and he had another one called the age of selfishness and realizing it doesn't just have to be English classes right where you go well Gareth Hines has this really cool adaptation so we're going to use that yeah which I've done because they're awesome and he's great but there are more things out there that we could be using memoirs uh, Mm -hmm. just a, a run of great memoirs recently and maybe it's not even fair to say recently but i'm going to say it because it's when i started reading them right so looking at those is how can we dig a little bit more into history and into other areas so i'm i'm gonna see uh, how far we can get with that i think it's a it's got a lot of potential and uh, kind of looking for looking for buyers uh yeah who's interested no this is that's i've
1: been taking some notes while you were talking because i think that's that's a great idea and you know my co-librarian um margaret sullivan is really good about finding um resources to use with across different curricula but one of the ones that i got a lesson i got to sit in on and she let me do one of the lessons with her after i watched was um you know she took a children's book a non-fiction children's book about barbara jordan you know congresswoman barbara jordan and so there are all i mean and that's different you know i understand that's different from a graphic novel but just finding ways to incorporate different media right in the library into these curricula is awesome and so i love that idea of using graphic novels
0: yeah thanks that's the the hope is that we kind of move forward with it because we're we're buying cool ones there's so many good ones coming out so it's hard to just go yeah, we'll leave those over there. Like, no, no, no. You need to know that these are out right. here. Right. So, yeah, I fingers crossed. Well, we'll be uh, waiting for uh, an update on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hour that's what we're hour. doing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, yes, I will be. Uh, I have a blog that yeah. I update every 15 to 30 minutes <laughs> with how hate it's hate. going. So feel <laughs> free to check that out at uh, noonewilleverdothis.blogspot.gov. Um, Not,
1: oh, way to commit.
0: Yes. Yeah, way to Thank commit you. all the way through a fake yep. URL. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, if you have any feedback on those types of things, we would love to hear what you've done so that yeah. we can selfishly steal those yeah, ideas. Yeah, then and we're going to do around. it
1: and talk about it on this podcast yes. like it was our idea. Yes. Yeah.
0: By sending us an email, you are giving up all rights <laughs> to your own thoughts. It becomes our uh, IP now. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. no, but please send, send things. But, but really, really do send us things. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. That was an exciting segment. I liked that. I, yeah. a great addition there, Greg. Thank you. Now we're here to the point that everybody's been waiting for the segment that uh, had a lot of names last time. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to stick with readers nook because we <laughs> did have a German listener uh, Hans or Klaus or something like that, sent oh. us uh, seven nooks, but oh. they're all Hans. German. Oh. so yeah. And I can't read it well enough to figure out how to change it over to English or if that's even a possibility. So, I
1: noticed that you spelled Hans in our show notes with a Z, which yes. I feel is like a little uh, song of, uh, you know, Heinz ketchup or something like that like there's just a little
0: something I I didn't expect that's how this Hans spelled it (laughs) (laughs) it was labeled on his nook. uh, that that's how he wanted it spelled so (laughs) that's just the way things go this reader's nook review Yes. Uh, Of one of the Gateway nominees is Heroin by Mindy McGinnis. Mm -hmm. And this was suggested to us by Greg Baum.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I will say we're going to I'm going to brag just a little bit because Rockwood, the Rockwood School District, really Rockwood Summit. And then we're expanding it to the district. We got the Missouri State Library's author visit grant, which they were very generous with. And uh, Miss McGinnis was very like receptive and hospitable and agreed to come do a visit in September. So we're going to have her come visit all four high schools. She's going to talk about this book. She's had other books on the gateway list, you know, in previous years. And she's, she is a very interesting author in that she does not write the same thing over and over again. You know, she really white writes pretty widely. Um, So anyway, yeah, I'm excited to meet her in person. She's been lovely over email I've enjoyed your books. And that's where you, the end of
0: brag. Yeah, end of, <laughs> end of brag. Yeah. No, and that, I think that's it's a really good point about the, the variety of books that it's yeah. not, sometimes we find authors and, and we want them to write the same thing over and over again right. because they nailed it. And sometimes we find authors who nailed it with one topic and do something totally different the next time. You're like, please keep writing everything else because you don't feel contained i don't need right. to to get that same thing right so give us a, a rundown what's the, remind us what this book's about or if we haven't read it yet what are those things that we might need to know okay so the
1: title is heroin with it for the, since you're listening and not reading a transcript with an e on the end but the subject matter is opioid um misuse and addiction and um and so we have a star she's a catcher right mickey catalan is the catcher on a undefeated softball team she gets into a terrible car accident early on and becomes dependent on opioids which leads first prescribed you know which she's then getting illegally and then that slides into heroin use and uh, do you want to talk about how the, the first chapter because that's kind of a an interesting narrative choice and it's not really spoiling anything because the book starts that way.
0: Yeah, it's almost a I don't know if she labeled it a prologue or if it's just chapter one, but that opening. Yeah. Um it is is a prologue. You're right. Yeah. Okay. It is a prologue. Uh kind of sets up a terrible thing that has happened, right? Do we wanna can we Yeah I think we could tell it really is the prologue. I mean I don't know that it yeah. So uh Mickey our who we find out is our main character, this narrator who's kind of working the her way who will be working her way through her story opens with waking up in this basement Mm -hmm. and her three friends around her are all dead Mm -hmm. from overdoses Mm -hmm. and she hightails it out of there. uh, And wherever she goes, we don't know at that point because uh, we haven't, uh, we don't know who any of these people are. We don't know who she is. We're not aware of any of this stuff, but just jumps right in with, Not even the end of the story, but the end of this kind of moment. um, We don't have any, it just puts us right in the middle of it. Yeah, it's an interesting
1: choice because it actually, as you point out, it's neither the ending nor is it really the climax of the book because the turning point for her when, and I won't go into it and spoil it, but what really sets the final events of the book in motion is something different. And so, and it, I mean, it happens, but this, I think, is an easily dramatized moment. Yes. And, and quite a hook. Yes, and a good hook, yes. Because I think the chapter, be, you know, her friends are dead, and one of the last lines in that prologue is about her being an honor roll student or scholar-athlete or whatever she calls it. You know, I mean, like, so you get the whole premise in the prologue um, pretty effectively, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I, that was, I remember, so Sandy Henthorne, who I work with, uh, had already read it, and when I told her I was about to, yeah. to start it for this, it was, "Oh, that was a good one. I think you're going to like it." And I, yeah. I read the prologue. I was eating lunch, and I was, I was reading that kind of uh, in the back. And when I came out, I had only read that. I go, "Well, I think this is going to be interesting." because <laughs> "Oh, you read the opening? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's a that was a, and it doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't slow down because it's not like it's <clears> fast paced <throat> all the way through, but there aren't." many slow spots there's I didn't feel like it dragged on at any point we're going okay I get it move on to the next thing right well a lot of YA does
1: get bogged down with that navel gazing and this kind of like I'm a teenager trapped in my own angst-filled thought and I appreciate that that is not how this book is I mean and the pace is not the pace is quick for a number of reasons but it's not about unrelenting action as much as it is about unrelenting progression you know like her situation is constantly evolving and she's reacting and things are getting worse but you know it's not the michael bay version (laughs) no
0: no i I love that unrelenting progression is absolutely right she
1: just kind of yeah it just kind of keeps going you know i will say so this I, I I do believe that a lot of our gateway picks end up being issue books, you know, issue, books that are really about an issue more than they are about a character. Okay. And um, some of these examples are pretty egregious writing, you know, like there's like so, where you could, you're basically just writing talking parts for... <laughs> For cardboard cutouts on various sides of an issue. You know what it's I mean? a little,
0: sometimes it gets a little after-school special.
1: It is, yes. Yeah. It's very after-school special. And it's very much in service of um, an unnuanced message about a topic, right? Yes. And unfortunately, those books very regularly make it onto the finalist list. You know, I don't know why. But this is... Although this is, I believe, an issue driven book, I mean, I really I mean, and she writes at the end that this is about her own very limited experience, not dependency, but just her experience using properly, you know, opioids after a surgery and kind of realizing how powerful they could be, even though it's clearly like driven by an issue. I mean, Mickey is a real character. I thought it was Mickey was an excellent character. Yes. She's a girl who's an athlete and she's not she doesn't have to also be beautiful and she doesn't have to also be, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, she's not like trying to be the YA super girl. Does that yes. make
0: sense? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And uh, anyway, I just found her, I found her to be the most, um,
0: the best developed part of this book. So. Yeah. I, I thought characterization in general was pretty solid. Yes. In that we are not getting, nobody felt like, an over-the-top stereotype of any Yes, day. agreed. Um, and I, I the, the description of her as not being a YA supergirl mm-hmm. is absolutely right. That it's not, she's not everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. She's not homecoming queen mm-hmm. meets greatest softball player ever meets all of these. She's a very good softball player, but she's not the best softball player on right. the team. And she right. is somebody who has friends, but is not... The center of everybody's world and right. even the other people that she meets or the the people that are already in her life plus the new people that come into it as she kind of slides into this uh dependence are not caricatures right uh which was nice it wasn't it wasn't the thing of where you could dismiss it where yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, obviously this is, you're trying to make this point. So you did this to this character and, and that's not real. And I'm moving right. away from it. Right. I don't, I never got the feeling that a character was giving
1: a speech, which is a real turnoff for me when I, and, yes. and I understand that some of that flies under the radar for teenage readers because they just haven't read as much, you know, but at my, at this point in my life, I, if I want to read a speech, I'll go look up a speech. You know, I don't want to read a character just doing their talking points. So I never felt like Mickey did that um, or any character in here. And as you said, really the character characterization across the board was quite good. Um, Now, I will say, because it's an issue-driven book, it does follow pretty much what you would expect the storyline to be about a slide from prescribed opioid use into dependency and abuse, right? I mean, like, there are no, (laughs) there are no twists as far as that goes, I think. Like, I still think it's a good book. I just... As I read it, I was like, and now she's going to do X. And then X would happen. So, you know, I mean, and again, because it's an issue-driven book, that's probably the point. I mean, you know, it's really, teenage readers are not going to know, most of them, that this is how people become heroin users. You know I mean? Like, I think, I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: No, I think that's right. I think that that's probably the point, right? Is let me show you how this can be done. But again, not in a... Uh, hit you over the head completely right. as you're going. I'm not talking down to you as a right. reader, but let's just see how this works. I also liked though in that same vein that the she ends up in this kind of group of four mm-hmm. uh, who are are used, I guess five if you count the the dealer. The dealer, yeah. But this group of four teens who are all using for different reasons. Right, and it's not. I don't know. They don't all even get to the end point in the same way or for the same purpose or that's true. whatever.
1: That's true. That's a fair point. That is, that's a good point.
0: So like, I thought that it was an interesting, it's they're not all following the same path or the same journey. They may right. end up in similar places. They may have similar things. Right. Um, but that's all of very our good characters point. don't end up that way. Yes. And, absolutely. And all of the characters in the story who use prescription drugs don't end up following the same path, right? There are, right. um, It's, it's not a one size fits all. This is what happens if you injure yourself in a car accident and you take these prescriptions, right? It is a kind of, you may end up here and, and you need to be careful. And there's, there's reasons why sometimes beyond, uh, what you may think uh, that well, people end up here.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think some of that comes through in the storyline, and then she also does a good job in her note at the end of saying, you know, we don't really know why addiction happens, you know, why dependence happens, not at least not a hundred percent. We don't know, you know, her. and so <clears throat> she kind of approaches it through, and maybe you can <clears throat> tell me if you think I'm overlooking something, but at least she's looking at this dependency through the lens of what's going on in her life related to sports, what's going on in her life, not related to sports, the level of pain she's in, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, I think she tries to show all these different factors that contribute to the ultimate decision to misuse. Yes. The prescription.
0: Uh, There were times while reading and I, I'd be interested to know how a, a, young adult reader would actually feel as they were going if they would notice these things the same way as an adult who has children and who is like aware trying to be aware of um, different things that I hope I never have to deal with Mm -hmm. in my life but throughout the book Mickey and other characters but Mickey's our, our point of view person here has justifications for why she needs a little bit more or why yeah. she needs, and you kind of see these things. And there are times as a me being a reader, I'm going that almost sounds too good. Like mm-hmm. I, I want I don't want it to be a an after school special. I don't want it right. to be a movie of the week. I don't want it to be something that's not a good read because I need it to do a bunch of other things. Right. But there were moments where I was reading it going, I totally could understand why somebody would do this. Yeah. And I hope that other readers would read that and go, man, that makes a lot of sense. I need to watch out for that if I'm right. ever in this situation. Right. And not, man, that makes a lot of sense, period. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Which I, I, I mean, you have to trust your readers, right? You have to trust right. that people are not just going to go, Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to do this because that's not clearly not the message of the book. Right. But it, they do feel like real justifications. They are real mm. things that you could understand why somebody would think to themselves. Yeah. Just a little bit more or yeah. just, Oh, you know, maybe I could get through this, but why would I like, right. I can, I can do this. Right. Um, and I thought that was as much as it gave me pause as a middle-aged parent, <laughs> it didn't take me out of it so much that I felt like, oh, well, this is a she's doing a disservice or whatever. I I still right, think it's right. it's ultimately she's doing the right thing, probably. In yeah, creating this interesting story that people could connect with. Right. No, I agree.
1: I, it's interesting that you say that because I did not have that reaction of kind of the worry about how convincing some of her own self arguments are you know yeah so that's interesting to me just to hear that because I, I I don't disagree with you I just hadn't even thought of it you know it wasn't even on my radar but yeah, yeah I can see that
0: but no I, I thought a, a very good book a really good pick uh thank you for choosing that I was yes. going to get to it eventually but I was happy I've yeah. gotten to it when I did yeah yeah well done sir
1: well thank you I'm glad we yeah we it sounds like we both liked it and we would both say that this even if you are not collecting the gateway books this would be a good addition to a high school library for a lot of reasons. For sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right, so that was this week's Reader's Nook. It's time for another quick commercial break. All right, this episode is brought to you by Due Date Cards. Do you love hiding surprises in the backs of books that your students will claim to never see? Do you like seeing how many dates you can stamp on one side of an index card? Get Due Date Cards. Okay, we're back. Dr. Baum, I feel like this is a great episode, but man we did it again. Yeah, we went we had, over. We had a time down. We needed to be done at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, our apologies again to Carrie Lampy. Yeah, uh, our PE literature correspondent <laughs> But she did this week uh, predicting that this might happen again, yeah. knowing both of us as being long-winded individuals. Uh, she was prepared and did pass along a recommendation for us uh, to give out in case she didn't have time to do it herself. Uh, She gave us a little something to read to make sure uh, that this was still covered. So this is what she had to say in her PE lit uh, recommendation. Check out eight minute abs, which I believe is the sequel to the seven habits of highly effective people, strong body, strong mind. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much for that, Carrie. Uh, strong body, strong mind, indeed. <laughs> well, I think that's it for this week, Greg. Yeah, thank you for everyone who joined us. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, and remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark. <laughs> oh we'll see you next time on Library Media Channel.